0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Hi and welcome to our latest Outsports Podcast. It is March Madness Round One. The games are underway and we... Already have a quote-unquote upset. Everybody seems to love these double-digit seeds, beating a top-four seed. And uh, UAB in Birmingham has taken down Iowa State. Jim, is your bracket still alive?
0: I had Iowa State go into the final eight, I guess, but losing to Gonzaga. (laughs) So it's not too – I probably like everybody else. I think the interesting thing is that uh, SMU or UCLA gets to play UAB next, and so one of those teams could be, you know, in the final eight. Um, I mean, I watched uh, most of the second half of the Iowa State game because I have been sort of following them. They had been fun to watch. Well, it really illustrates how bad a lot of college basketball is, and there's been a lot of commentary on that, how the sport itself is just really stagnated. People can't shoot. It was unwatchable. I mean, these teams couldn't shoot to save their lives. And yeah. there's it's way too many stoppages. I mean, I literally hit pause on my DVR and did not watch for 30 minutes. And by the time I, you know, caught up, fast forwarding through everything, they had scored maybe a total of eight points. It was just, I mean, it's it's a the thing. There's, there's been a lot of commentary by people in basketball. They have to change stuff. It's just getting like the NBA. Remember the NBA in the '90s when you had those Knicks teams and the scores would be in the '70s, and it was just dreadful— to, at least for me, dreadful to watch. That's what a college basketball is kind of becoming.
1: Yeah, well, it's yeah. I've just my interest in college basketball has really waned in recent years, and I I, I don't know if that's why, um, but you know, it's certainly yeah. These games just aren't. We were just talking about this before that there's just not tournament just isn't the excitement isn't there the people aren't excited about their brackets i think maybe because there's one dominant team and and also because it it is the the, the sport is definitely suffering from from something well, and yet, or lack of talent or...
0: well a lot of it you have the the guys who leave early for the pros, so you don't have that you don't have that narrative like you have in college football where you have the same players playing for at least three years for the most part often four years, and so you get to know them, you get to either like them, you hate them, or at least you're interested in them. I mean, a Marcus Mariota in college basketball would last one year. Right. You know, and Andrew Luck played, I think, all four years. He, you know, he was a, a bit of an exception because he would just like school, but you don't see that in college basketball. And the L.A. Times had a really good story on by their college basketball writer about, you know, the people in the sports saying, just you know, guys on CBS were doing the game saying it was – the worst they've ever seen it in terms of quality. And it's much easier to teach defense, and these teams wait forever to shoot. And, I mean, there's a lot of of talk about having the 24-second clock and using the international standards, you know, because it's interesting you have the College of Basketball players in this story or or people saying watching the international game is more enjoyable, and that was kind of a a damning indictment to me of their own (laughs) sport. So um, anyway, it was just interesting. But I watched that UAB game, and it was exciting at the end. It's always exciting at the end a one point game. But man, it was just like clank, clank, clank. It was like you watching
1: you and me shoot. Right. <laughs> well, but at the the the, the, yeah, the Notre Dame game, that last possession was some great defense by Notre mm-hmm. Dame. I mean, the, Notre totally. Dame simply wanted that game more in the last twenty seconds that way they clamped down on everything they were on top of every one of those northeastern players and and it showed in how they played
0: yeah i was hoping i'd like to see i was hoping northeastern would get a shot off to see if it would go in or not but uh here we are talking about the tournament as our as our topic (laughs) we're dumping on it from the start (laughs) but i do agree that kentucky seems so dumb i took gonzaga to win it all simply figuring about any chance to win the bracket i'd have to be different um and so for the hell of it but uh uh, you, you know, you just, you don't hear anybody talking about team other than Kentucky with, you know, maybe Wisconsin, Duke, Arizona, the only other three teams I've heard anybody say think could
1: beat them. Well, you know, it was, we, I was at South by Southwest last weekend and Friday night we were hanging out with uh, Charles Barkley and um, uh, Wade and J- Jamel Hill and Rachel Nichols and, and, and Charles is holding court. And he was just absolutely convinced that Kentucky isn't going to win at all because some of these other teams, he said, are just that they just they work together better as a unit. And and he went on TV, and I don't even think he picked them in the final game. I think he was maybe Villanova, Arizona, or something. So there are some people who you know, and he said he was watching three to four games every day leading up to this. Tournament like every day, so you know, watching three to four whole games. So he's watched some of these top teams, and so it'd be interesting. I and mean, people want to see if if anybody can beat Kentucky. I remember back when UNLV was undefeated, and it, the big question was is, is UNLV unstoppable? And of course, it took some. Well, I won't even get into why Duke beat UNLV that year, but
0: Duke beat UNLV that year. Yeah, so that that part of it that you get you get deeper in a tournament, Kentucky is going to be a must-watch for the idea that can they keep winning. You know, even if you're even if you're a casual fan, I'm a very casual fan, and Barkley's seen a lot more <laughs> more games than I have. But I'll watch Kentucky when it gets later, just to see can this team achieve something nobody's achieved since 1976.
1: Yeah. Um, By the way, of course, I you forgot pick? to mention. Good. I don't. know. I pick Kentucky just because they're. I I I've seen them play a couple of games, and the games I've seen them play, <laughs> nobody was beating that team that day. So uh you have to get them on a day where somebody can beat them cuz otherwise they are they're pretty unstoppable. Uh but I forgot to mention of course that today's episode is brought to you by AT&T mobilizing your world. We're thrilled to have AT&T sponsoring our podcast and it's it, <laughs> takes a bit of getting used to having a sponsor after doing this several years. So, uh, yeah, exactly thank so. you to them. Uh well, well <laughs> Of course, here we are diving into the tournament. We said we weren't going to do that. Um, but what we wanted to talk about was <clears throat> something that somebody, obviously, tournament watchers know well, and that's Christian Leitner. something that he said this past week about hearing gay slurs while he was playing for Duke. And I certainly remember Christian Leitner in the early 90s and hating Christian Leitner for I don't even know why. He seemed like a smug player. And I remember thinking when I was a teenager in high school that oh that guy's gay and it talked about uh you know it how much hearing those slurs hurt him as somebody who I guess we don't even know if he's gay but whether he's gay or straight it it hurt him and that 20 years ago he heard this uh regularly right Well there was actually a
0: wonderful documentary on ESPN called I Hate Christian Layten which was the title and it was really good I mean I I knew enough about him from following it but it brought back a lot of stuff I hadn't known. For one, everybody thinks he's a preppy. He was uh, his dad was a basically a blue collar worker and his mom was a school teacher and he was raised, you know, middle class, lower middle class in Buffalo. So it's kind of funny you he you look at him you think he went to some elite uh, you know, boarding school or something but um uh, but it, a lot of it was about the whole gay thing and the started when there was an article in Sports Illustrated where he talked about the three most important things in his life are education, basketball and Brian, Brian meeting Brian Davis, his then Duke teammate, and how the two of them would they would hold hands on campus. There was a picture of the two of them sitting on a rooftop holding a cat that looked very, you know, domestic gay circa 2015. You would, you know, look like they were on um, some loft in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. So um, it, so it, it, it led people who hated Chris Leighton to say, ah, he's gay. And the biggest, the worst incident was at Florida State, where instead of chanting, you know, da, 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 they were chanting homosexual all through the game, and then chanting faggot. Um, and it was, you know, I mean, Chris, I at one point, uh, Laytoner, at I'm sorry, did I say it's Florida State? I'm sorry, at LSU, they were chanting the Florida State tomahawk chop thing. Uh-huh. And the LSU team had Shaquille O'Neal and it was a big game. Anyway, Leitner and his team won, and Leitner basically, you know, raised the num- were number one finger, and the crowd got even crazier about it. But he said that the rumors hurt, that, you know, they weren't true. He's been married and has three kids, for whatever that's worth, but that it was something that was socially acceptable back then. I mean, they had people on this film talking about, that's what, you know, that's what you said back in the 90s, you're a fag, you're gay, And it was the worst slur you can possibly say to somebody. And in watching that, it's sort of you know you fast forward now twenty five years, and we have an openly gay player in Derek Gordon who heard no slurs. And you know I think it was a classic example of Leitner being he was such a lightning rod. But you said you didn't know why you hated him, but that was the reason. A lot of people didn't. They just hated him. It was like it was Duke. It was he just and he was a really often dirty player. He was a trash talker. A, he was smug. I mean, so there are a lot of on-court reasons to hate him, but the gay thing was the epithet of choice for people, especially when that SI article came out. Ha, ha ha, he's a fag,
1: and so that made him even more hateable by a lot of people. Yeah, it's. I I remember. I just remember him stomping on one of the UNLV players when he was on the ground um, during that game. It was the game. Kentucky, actually. Oh, did... No, What's it that? was
0: the Kentucky game. The, the
1: the stomping
0: game was actually the Kentucky game where he hit that shot at the end. Remember that miracle pass that he turned and shot. It was about six minutes to go in the game where he stomps on the guy's chest, and everybody wanted him kicked out of the game. But of course, he doesn't get kicked out of the game because people said he's Christian Leitner. And you and what had happened mm-hmm. the play before Leitner got shoved to the to the you know the what is the thing that holds up the the basket the you know backstop. Yeah. by a different Kentucky player. But he stomped on the guy he thought did it. It was just, you know, and it was pretty blatant. But, yeah, everyone remembers that. It's like, you know, how come he wasn't out of the game? I mean, that's just, you know, that's so blatant. He literally just stepped on the guy's chest. And so, yeah, that was there was a lot of reasons for people to hate him. And then at the end of that game, he hits that shot that people still talk about with no time left to win the East Regional, or else they don't yeah. beat UNLV in two weeks uh, or the next week for the Final Four so. Um, yeah, but it's interesting that, you know, you mentioned something about uh, off-air off about the notion, and Jason College talked about it, that Leitner, for all contents and purposes, wasn't gay. But everyone thought he was gay, and so you can use the fag thing. When you have someone who actually is gay, the slurs kind of stop.
1: Yep. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting, because Jerry Gordon has said that he heard no slurs while he was playing this season, and and you know the the one of the big fears has been how the fans of a way uh, you, know, you know when you're traveling to another arena how the fans are going to treat you not that they treat you well as it is I mean the fans of college basketball have just gotten I mean they've they've been out of control but they're they're, they're totally out of control at times and and the idea is that oh well if you come out they're going to call you a, a gay slur and you know, it's just interesting that Christian Leitner, somebody that we don't know is gay, did hear these things, and somebody who is openly gay, Derek Gordon, doesn't hear these things because when somebody comes out, they're actually, people are less likely to use those slurs. And again, remember that uh, at South by Southwest this past weekend, Jason Collins was on a panel, and, and he said that when he was with the Brooklyn Nets a few years ago, he heard slurs regularly in the locker room. He said that This last year, when he was with them, he didn't hear it a single time, not once. And he says that it's because they knew he was gay. And it just takes on another connotation when you know somebody's actually gay in the room. Yeah, that really nails it.
0: Now, again, we are talking about a different time also. 25 years ago, things were different. But if a Christian Leitner today, someone who was hated, say Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M. Johnny Manziel had come out as gay at Texas A&M. People still may have, you know, loved him or hated him or thought he was a little punk, but I don't think they would have been chanting "faggot" out in the stands. It would have been, it would have been such an embarrassment to that school, uh, you know, those fans that did it. Um, and I think he's right that when you're confronted with someone who actually is a gay person saying that's so gay or that's queer or whatever, is is simply not acceptable, and you sort of get it. So, I think a lot of it is the time from Leitner, but also as Jason said, that stuff he heard before when he was with the nets he didn't hear when he realized oh this is um, an actual human being i'm talking to it's not an abstract idea
1: yeah exactly and again it takes on it's it's almost like you know using the n word i mean when when a, a black person uses it it takes on a different connotation uh than when a white person uses it and and it takes on you know very different meaning if I mean, if a white person says it in private or, or when they say it, when they're actually black people in the room, it's going to get a very, very different reaction. It makes people feel differently. And, of course, again, this is not racism, does not equal homophobia. They're different issues. But when, when you have somebody who's in the room who is that, you know, who, who fits into that category, it, it makes everyone feel differently about the use of the word, not just, you know, the, the gay or, or the black person.
0: And um, so Jason said he didn't hear it at all in the locker room once
1: uh, with the Nets. Yeah, he said he did this. Well, he did before, and this was what six years ago, maybe yeah. that he last played with them. Maybe seven years ago, something like that. He said this time around, he didn't hear it once. He said, and he and he said some of the guys, he some of the guy. He was wondering how some of the guys whom he had specifically heard say it before cuz he you know he uh, he didn't say who it was but he played with you know he played with a, a couple of the Celtics players um, you know Pierce and and Garnett who ended up with the Nets and uh, he played with them in Boston and they were there when he went went to the Nets so he'd heard some of these players specifically use this language and he said not one of them used it and he said uh some one of the guys who he had specifically heard use it in the past came up to him and said that he was you know, happy for him and proud of him, and, and doing a really good thing. So, <laughs> it's it's again this disconnect between homophobic language and, and actual conscious, proactive homophobia. And we heard that with you know when Kobe Bryant used that word, it, he threw it at somebody who he didn't think was gay, and when gay people took offense, he was very quick to say, I, that, I, I, "I'm not that guy. I just screwed up."
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting. Yeah, they they say it when they when they actually don't really think the person is gay because they think that's going to hurt them more. Oh my god, you tell a straight guy he's gay, it's going to freak him out. And I think Leitner said he was hurt just about it seemed like it was not so much oh that I'm gay that he doesn't think that there was anything wrong with being gay as much as it was you know, they it basically was nasty and it was offensive and it's funny you watch a documentary and you got more respect for the guy as a guy. Um because he wasn't born with the silver spoon in his mouth like we all thought. He still was a, you know, nasty on the court to a lot of people and if you hated Duke, he was a perfect embodiment of it, but um uh, I thought it was interesting that they gave a whole 5 minutes in this documentary to that whole the whole gay slur stuff and uh you know, they didn't try to sweep it under the rug or or just try to pretend it didn't exist. So I think
1: I'd give the filmmaker credit for that. You know, I, I grew up in a very blue-collar town, and with some blue-collar kids who acted like they were prima donnas, and so you don't you don't have to have a lot of money to act like a, a, a prima donna better than you real jerk. So you know, it's, it's just just because uh, his family didn't have a lot of money doesn't mean he he wasn't the guy. I mean, you can you can you can have a father who's a carpenter and a mother who's a waitress and be making uh, and have a better home than almost anybody else in your town in some of these small towns. So
0: Yeah, and also he went to Duke. I mean, that was a whole thing. It was Duke. And <laughs> Duke is Duke and that's that's why I thought the title. I guess apparently the filmmaker never told Leitner what the title of it was till after he had liked all the interviews.
1: What was the title and of
0: it? I hate Christian Layton. Uh, which is perfect because you know people still wear those shirts they're still wearing these shirts i still hate christian leitner is these shirts and leitner's now actually kind of plays along with it you know you'll go to places and people have the shirt on and they'll you know they they pose for pictures but it's it's something that uh that i think you know sort of transcends the whole uh class thing it's like you know duke is just duke was the epitome of whatever you know duke especially duke versus unlv it was the cool kids, UNLV, hip hop and rap versus you know straight laced Duke, and and of course you know UNLV beat him one year and Duke beat him the next, which made people hate Duke even more. So
1: <laughs> that was the way they won that game. But we we could spin that around ancient history forever. Uh, you know what? Another athlete that spoke up about this kind of thing. This past week was oklahoma sooners linebacker eric Stryker, who uh you know talked about kind of changing his perspective on gay people because of a gay friend that that he had you stumbled across that story well he was the guy
0: when that whole sae fraternity video came out a couple weeks ago where they were chanting the racist thing the n-word about never allowing you know those people basically in a, in the SA fraternity and it went viral that morning. Stryker did a Snapchat where he just went off on these fraternity guys, basically saying, you know, these are the guys who invite us to all their parties and they slap us on the back and they tell us we're the best, but behind our back, they call us the N word, you know, and he basically said, fuck all you bitches. And it was just, it was just, he just went off. And of course he apologized the next day for his language, but not for his meaning And uh, one of the Oklahoma papers sat down with him in a really long Q&A where he was really good about the whole, and he weaved in racism and and equal rights and justice and all this stuff and also mentioned gay rights as part of it and mentioned without great detail about his friend that changed his life and the way he thought about gay people. And, you know, I I thought it was instructive that this guy kind of tied the whole rights issues together and... Unprompted, mention his gay friend and, and how his views changed on gay people. Um, I mean, he's very articulate on it, more more articulate than the rage he showed, which is understandable when you first see that video. Um, but I thought it was interesting. Again, it, we keep saying it's like it, Robert Griffin, you know, had a had a gay teammate in, in high school, and when people are exposed to gay people, it changes their views on them.
1: That's what drives me crazy, uh, in part about. To focus uh, on allies in, in the LGBT movement because every piece of data and anecdotes and everything else says that people's minds change when they know and interact with LGBT people, not when some friend of theirs who's straight tells them they should, not when they see some straight person talking about it on television. When they know gay people, they hear gay people, they talk to gay people, that's when their attitude about it changes. And and Eric Stryker is, you know, yet still another example of that. His is not because of what he learned in class that his mind changed or anything else. It was just getting to having this gay friend, I think his name was Thaddeus. And he loved Thaddeus and got to know Thaddeus. It was like, wow, this this gay person just isn't. This isn't a bad person, and that's why his mind changed. It had nothing to do with anybody straight in his life telling him that he should think differently.
0: And it's also, I think, I, I've heard you know straight people say this. They uh, thought the bravest people in our high schools were the gay people because you, you come out in high school, even now you're really a minority and you're sort of, you know, you have a bullseye on you and, you know, a lot of the people who basically were the ones that, you know, basically said this is who I am were the ones that they wound up admiring the most, even though in high school, these were the people that are often shunned um, and I don't know anything about Thaddeus, but it was just, you know, instructive again, that, you know, here's this football player who, um, you know, if he was on a, if, he, if there was a gay sooner on his team and guaranteed striker would be his best friend and he would be, this guy be welcome.
1: Yeah, well, it wouldn't be, and and even the people who had a problem with it, as we know, as we've seen over and over again, would very quickly learn how to work with the teammate who's who's gay, because that's what happens. They don't they they, they find ways to get along with the people on their team who are who are after the same goals as they are. Uh, I mean, we've seen it over and over and over again. I mean, I ask, you know, I was just talking to Jalen Messersmith, who is going to Benedictine College. It's a religious school. His season ended last night with a tournament loss. His college basketball career ended. He goes to Benedictine College, and I asked him, you know, through all of this, how has your team been? And this religious, I mean, affiliated institution in, was it Kansas, Nebraska? Yeah. Kansas? Kansas. He's at 100% supportive. Not 99%, 100%. Because they just don't care.
0: We have Jalen in Kansas. We have Stryker saying stuff in Oklahoma. And Eric Lucian out in Nebraska. I mean, what is this about the
1: the heartland?
0: (laughs) More people out talking about this stuff in the heartland than we do in L.A., New York. It just... Well,
1: I, 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 I... I think the, the 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 important piece is that we have people all over the place. We got yeah, exactly. We got people in South Carolina, and I mean it's everywhere. We're everywhere. They can't. You can't avoid the gaze. Um, well, and you know, and unfortunately, Derek Gordon isn't in the tournament. He isn't even. I don't think they're in the NIT. Uh, otherwise, you would be cheering for him right now. But um, but yeah, I mean, this, the lesson is, uh, you know, you these slurs. Go away quickly if you're gay and you come out. And people know that you don't. You you won't be hearing these slurs just because you, you came out.
0: Yeah, if you want to hate someone, hate them for where they, the way they perform on the court, not for who they are. Or because they go to do. Yeah, well, uh, that's, that's, that's maybe. Yeah.
1: given. <laughs> that's a given. Uh, today's episode was brought to you again by AT and T, mobilizing your world. That's all the time we have this week. Next week we're going to be on a different day. We will talk to you then.